And we continue this week uh, with uh, another somewhat somber service. But the celebration's coming on Sunday. To that end, tonight we have uh, more uh, participation on your part. So I'm going to direct you to the inside of the bulletin where the call to worship is Isaiah 53 and Hebrews 4, where I will be speaking the part of the pastor and you will be speaking the part of the congregation. So we'll do that. And um, some other things, when we conclude tonight, albeit we don't leave as as somberly as we did on Thursday night, um, you will notice that I will not give the admonition to go forth in peace and serve the Lord. Not that that is not something that we should do, but that it's just, it is more of a quiet, reverent uh, service. So to that, let us get started and worship the Lord. If you're able to, would you please stand? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray and we have turned to our own way. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. You may be seated. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died my richest gain I count but loss and poor content on all my pride. Such love 
If we say that we have no sin, we do deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, graciously behold this, your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and delivered into the hands of sinful men to suffer death upon the cross. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 52, verses 13 through 53 and verse 12. Excuse me, verses 13 through chapter 53, verse 12. This can be found on page 1145 in your pew Bible. Isaiah 52, 13 through Isaiah 53, 12. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see. And for what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering, a familiar and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, 
have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off by the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Our psalm is Psalm 22. We will read responsively, which is printed in your bulletin, starting on page 4. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. Yet you brought me out of the womb and made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. I am poured out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It is melted within me. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. 
I will declare your name to my people in the assembly. I will praise you. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. The next reading is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, and chapter 5, verses 7 through 9. And these can be found on page 1866 in your pew Bible. Hebrews, chapter 4, 14 through 16, chapter 5, 7 through 9. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Will you please stand if you're able? The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 19th chapter, glory to you, O Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 19th chapter can be found on page 1684. Glory to you, O Lord. Pause. <laughs> John 19, 17 through 30. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews. 
but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. And when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this, dis this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, and they soaked a sponge in it, and they put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. This coming Sunday will be Easter, and there is no grief or mourning in the lessons of Easter. This Sunday is about our redemption. The focus has nothing to do with us and everything to do with Jesus. But even when it is about Jesus, it really is about us as well. All that Jesus has done, he has done for us. We are accustomed to hearing about the cross and the soldiers and the beatings and such. And in our psalm reading this evening, here we have depicted for us the confrontation of our Lord with his adversary, the devil. Jesus is not simply bearing the pains of crucifixion, and, and it's hard for me to say simply, because although one would hardly describe the agonies of the cross with the word simply, Jesus is also, in addition to the nails and the beating, he is bearing the wrath of God. And that is described and depicted to us in the cry, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he is dealing with the constant assault of the devil. We do not hear about the devil directly in scriptural accounts of the crucifixion. But we know he is there. We can see him in the wicked and evil conduct of the men who surround Jesus. They delight in mocking an innocent man. They take perverse pleasure in beating the helpless. The truth is, there is no crime of which Jesus is guilty. And they don't care. He is going to be crucified 
And that is all that they need to know. They are perfectly at ease torturing a man who is going to die shortly anyhow. The devil was surely delighting in being able to strike at God so directly. Commentators tell us that the lion is a reference to the devil, of course. And I believe that they are correct. Jesus has to contend not just with the awful physical realities of the crucifixion, he, we can be sure that the devil was there and that the devil was clearly seen by Jesus as the devil taunted Jesus, as he heaped his own, his own derision on Jesus. And surely he tried to entice Jesus to use his power and to exercise divine authority to ease his pain or to end the torments of the cross altogether. We can imagine that if the devil came to Jesus after Jesus had fasted for 40 days, in which the devil tried to entice him to use his power to feed himself, he was surely there on Calvary to tempt Jesus with the easy way out, with a quick end to torments, or to cast the whole project aside in order to avoid the enormous suffering that was yet to come. He may even have tempted Jesus to strike out at those who caused him such enormous pain. However, we hear the call for deliverance from Christ, and we understand why he cries out to the Father as the men, the human beings directed by Satan as they inflicted such demon-driven torment on Jesus throughout the Passion. The men, they were unreasoning, and they were too powerful to be resisted or overcome. That is, unless Jesus had given in to the temptations to exercise his divine powers to set himself free, which, thankfully, he did not do. The call of our Lord is for God to sustain him and finally to rescue him from the agonies of the cross. The battle that Jesus fought on the cross and in the Passion was only partially visible to the naked eye. We need only go to the psalm of the crucifixion to understand that Jesus bore more than just the pains of the nails through his hands and his feet. As awful as that must have been, the physical and emotional total experience of the passion, in that he endured being separated from God, which is the fundamental torment of hell. Hell is being separated from God forever. He bore our sins, and because of them, he who is God was forsaken by God. It must have been a tearing of his psyche, an emotional burden, a spiritual agony, that was laid on top of all the physical torment that the typical passion narratives describe for us. Additionally, he bore the shame. He bore the guilt. And he bore the wrath of God 
and he bore it all without the Father or the Spirit with him to give him strength and encouragement. And yet, through that, he was still God, the Son. Our minds, we cannot reckon it. Now, add into all of this the tempting and the mocking by the devil. Surely there were the threats that this agony was going to go on forever. These were thrown at Jesus while he was suffering his estrangement from God. He was offered every terror that we might be able to imagine. We know from the accounts in the Gospels that Jesus felt them beginning in Gethsemane. And yet he did not give in to those terrors. He held on to his confidence in God. He was resolute in the face of his suffering and abandonment. He kept his faith and he kept his focus on why he was where he was and who and what he was suffering for. We can see evidence of that in his concern for others, like his mother and the thief on the cross who was next to him, the thief who prayed that Jesus would remember him when he came into the kingdom. And in his care, that every word of Scripture prophesied up until then, until this great work was fulfilled. We are reminded from the psalm that Jesus never lost his faith. And even though he suffered such torments according to the detailed plan of God, and even though he endured that abandonment, which the first verse of the Psalm 22 describes, he continued to call on God. He continued to pray for strength. He continued to look to God for deliverance. He continued as a man to fight the battle of faith and endured. He endured because he believed. Yes, he was also God. And he had that strength. Strength that you and I do not possess by nature. But we have the same tool that Jesus depended on. That tool is faith. And we can endure by grace through faith because we have the word of God holding out the promise to us. And of course, it's not easy. However, when you look at the passion, when you hear the passion of our Lord, it was not easy or comfortable for him either. And he succeeded where mankind has failed because he is the Son of God. But he also promises to be with us always and to strengthen us and give us the ability to succeed when we rely on him. He will not have to face... Let me start that over. We will not have to face our torments, or our portion of the cross alone. Christ is always with us. Tonight, we remember the rigors of Good Friday. Tonight, 
we remember the passion of our Lord from the point of view of the Son of God facing our old evil foe and crying for deliverance from the hands of mankind and the anguish of his abandonment by God. This is the passion from a point of view which only Christ could have. And he shares it with us through the words of the psalmist in Psalm 22. And I end with this. Be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Save me from the lion's mouth and deliver me from the horns of the wild oxen. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? In the name of Jesus, amen. Oh
We have been promised that wherever two or more gather in our Lord's name, there he will be. And looking around, we can be assured that our Lord is present in this sanctuary this evening. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to save our souls. On this Good Friday, we reflect on the brutal treatment and horrendous murder of your only Son and our Holy Savior, who is truly man as well as truly God. We can't imagine the despair felt by Jesus when he felt abandoned on the cross by you and cried out just before he gave up his life to save ours. We also can't imagine his apostles, how they felt when all of their dreams of triumph over their oppressors were dashed when he died before their very eyes. He told them that he was the Son of God and that he had to be sacrificed, only to arise again. But they doubted even after three years with him. And now they feared that they would be treated the same, so they hid it in the dark of their house. Father, you know we have the same human doubts and failed memories, especially when darkness surrounds us. Despair envelops our minds when tragedy occurs, and we sometimes wonder where you are. We also hide in dark places out of fear. But we are so thankful and grateful that you had Jesus' life, death, and resurrection written down for us so that we know that you will never forsake us, and we already know what will happen on Easter Sunday. Holy Spirit, please remind us constantly that whenever our plans seem to fall apart and our Holy Father seems absent or distant, that his plans are far greater than ours and perfect for us. Help us hold firmly onto our faith when Satan tempts us to hide. Holy Father, you already know our earthly problems and concerns, whether violence between our citizens, corrupt or ineffective government leaders, health problems, and the tragedy involving children and families on our national border. Please give us all wisdom in these United States that we can address our society's problems in the best way that pleases you. Please heal our friends and family members who suffer and remind us all that we do not suffer alone. We now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Thank you especially and always for the gift of your Son, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. And finally, as we leave this sanctuary tonight, we pray that we remember what Jesus taught us about loving you first and above all else, and to love one another. Holy Spirit, help us to reflect the best qualities of Christian believers, to have confidence in the saving grace of Jesus, and our promised future in heaven with him. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Seems appropriate to say it one more time. It wasn't nails that held him to that cross. It was his love for you and for me. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small, child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I and stain he washed it white as snow Lord now indeed I find thy power in thine alone can change the leper's spots and melt the heart of stone paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Stayed white as snow. 